Hello, and welcome to Danley and Friends. I'm your host, Ryan Danley. On this podcast, I seek to spread joy by connecting you with my friends and other people who are doing positive things in their community and in the world at large. I also seek to spread connection through encouraging open dialogue, having difficult conversations, and exploring new ideas and concepts. The internet is a wild place. You can look up pretty much anything that you want to know. You can buy basically anything that your heart desires. And what most people use it to do is yell at strangers on social media. Well, this is actually the story of a stranger that I met on social media. I met Wyatt Gutenberg through Reddit. I used to peruse Reddit when I was going through a deep stage of depression after my spinal cord injury. I was looking for answers. I was looking for any and everything that I could find related to spinal cord injury, whether it was research or new ideas that people were having or what have you. And I came across this post that said something to the effect of, are there people out there who are living with spinal cord injury who'd be interested in getting together to put our heads together and create a mastermind and share research and share ideas on how we can solve this thing. And that was right up my alley. And so, you know, based on where I was at the time, I responded and, you know, we started chatting. And the friendship was born. And interestingly enough, this conversation that took place over Zoom was the first time that I talked to Wyatt face-to-face. We've shared all kinds of articles, all kinds of videos, all kinds of research, and you know, talked about pretty intimate things, pretty private things, pretty uh, profound, deep things. Yet this is the first time that we're having a conversation somewhat face-to-face. How wild is life? That's actually most of what me and Wyatt talk about. About how crazy life is. What it is. What is the nature of reality? What is good and evil? What is God? What are we? I don't know if anyone actually knows, but me and Wyatt have got a couple ideas. Enjoy. All right, well, I've got my man Wyatt with me, who uh, is actually, I, I'm talking to face-to-face for the first time. Uh, we've met uh, through the internet on Reddit, actually. Uh, I believe you had put a post up. Um, it was about spinal cord injury, and it was right around the time uh, that I was just kind of like in despair, man, because I had like, you know, seriously uh, gotten sad after I got injured. It was, you know, a couple months later, I just got home and stuff, and you're like, yo, is anyone out there like trying to solve this? Like, you know, you want to put our heads together? And I'm like, let's do it, man. So, you know, who we've been talking to on and off, uh, you know, since then. But uh, for those who don't know you, who is Wyatt Gutenberg? Uh, so I guess uh, I would, I got, I had a spinal cord injury in 2003, like a month before I turned 21. And ever since then, I've just been trying to figure out how to fix this like 
I, I believe there's something, there's definitely something that you can do. And so I've just been on a journey to figure that out. Yeah, man. It's a, yeah. uh, it's a fucked up injury. <laughs> oh, it is for sure. I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, man. So uh, tell me a little bit about growing up and, you know, we can kind of get into your injury story, but I know it had a lot to do with kind of, you know, your background and, and things leading up to uh, what happened to you. So, you know, before we get into your injury story, would you mind just sharing a little bit about, you know, how you came up? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was born in California and then when I was eight, we moved to a, like a super, super small town in Colorado. Uh I think there was only like one cop there at the time, but it was, it was a, it was a weird place. Like it's still a pretty weird place. Like, uh, like there was cowboys that would like take ecstasy and like, I feel like it was the place where I told you this the, the other day, I feel like it was the place where the criminals from the city would like go to hang out so that they could like, yeah the cops and stuff like that. And uh, my friends were the people that were super cool, but they were also like real, real wild. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an interesting place to grow up. And then when I, when I turned sixteen, we moved back to California, and I, I, I've always like been kind of a troublemaker. But when when we moved back here, it got like way worse. I, I, I was, I'm not like a bad person. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good person, honestly. If I we're just talking about it, but I just like, I, I think I would say like, I'm an extremist. Like I like to do everything to the extreme. <laughs> so if I drink, I do it to the extreme. If I do drugs, I'll do it to the extreme. If I get into fights, I would do it to the extreme. Like everything was like that. And then, uh, in 2003, it was, it was November, late November. I got in a, a fight at a house party. And at some point, I didn't feel it, so I'm not sure when it happened. But at some point, one of the dudes stabbed me in the back of the neck, and I didn't know it. And then, but what but what happened is it uh, cut the ligaments in my neck and weakened my spinal cord. Uh. And then uh, the neighbors came out. They were like, "Hey, we're calling the cops." My my friend had just pulled up in his truck. I grabbed one of my friends and I picked him up and threw him in the truck. And then when I went to get in the truck, I had one leg in and my friend that was driving didn't realize and he took off and it launched me forward and I smacked my head into the concrete super hard. And that's oh. how I got my injury. Damn, dude, yeah. that's so fucked up. That's like a freak thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. But I, I, looking at the way things turned out, I, I heard this quote the other day and I've heard it before, but it sort of reminded me. Uh, this dude said, I believe you're 100% responsible for 100% of your life. I look back at where things went with like my friends after that. Cause this was so, okay. So literally as I was getting out of the hospital, I'd never heard of Oxy or anything like that before. Like a month out of the hospital, my friend was like, Hey, you want to try this Oxy? We've been thinking this shit. And I was like, I was like, nah, I'm good, dude. I don't, I don't even, I just got out of the hospital. I'm not trying to fuck with that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But uh, everyone, like, right after my injury, all my friends started turning on each other, sort of started robbing each other, started, like, it just everything just sort of fell apart, you know? And I was looking back at it, I think my life is sort of, I had, I had a real crazy life to, like, from, like, 14 to 20. 
I had a real crazy life. And then all my friends got into drugs when I got hurt. And I know if I wouldn't have gotten hurt, that's the exact same path that I would have gone down. But instead, I sort of started, like, looking into the nature of reality and, like, what, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is this? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, what, are, what are we doing here? Why does, why does all this stuff happen? Like, it was, so looking back, it's, it's a freak accident, but also at the same time, I'm like, maybe that, maybe that's how that, that was supposed to go down, you know? Because I didn't get, all my friends ended up addicted to heroin and fucking in prison. I think the last time I counted it up, I have like 40, around 40 people that have died. Dang. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it was a freak accident. Maybe it was supposed to happen. Yeah, man. That's interesting. Uh, it reminds me of a poem that I really like called Maybe, Said the Farmer. And basically the story, to make it short, is like the farmer's horse runs away and the neighbor's like, oh, you know, what bad fortune? And he's like, maybe. And then the horse comes back and he brings like two other horses with him. And he's like, oh, what good luck. And the farmer's like, maybe. And like, you know, all these things keep happening. And he's just like, I, I don't know. You know, you never know until you kind of get that context um, later on in life. And it, yeah, it yeah. may have worked out and been something beautiful for you, man. Yeah, so, I love that story. That's an old Chinese parable. I love that story. Yeah, yeah. I told a lot of my friends that story, actually. That's what's up, dude. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. So, you know, talk to me about, like, right after you got hurt, man, as much as you're willing to share, like, you know, this all goes down. Um, you know, this is devastating. Like, what was it like kind of right after you got hurt? And, you know, what was your mind state like? So, I mean, I'm sure you know, but, man, I was fucking mad, dude. I was like, I was like, because I, I do believe in God. Like, I do believe in a source. I don't think, I don't believe in, like, the God that a lot of religions try to teach. but I mean, life had to come. If, if the first law of thermodynamics is you can't get something from nothing, so if if you are conscious, if you even have a modicum of intelligence, that intelligence had to have started somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so I was like, I didn't grow up religious, but every once in a while, my parents would take me to church. I was a, there was a lot of stuff with church that I was like, eh, it doesn't really make sense. Like. Judge not lest you be judged, but don't be gay, you know? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, what the what the fuck? So I was somewhat like, I wasn't religious, but I was like, okay, obviously I did something to piss God off, you know? So I'm going to try to figure this out. Uh, my go-to since my parents, my dad went to Catholic school. He's not, they're not real religious either, but I was like, all right, I'm going to read the Bible and try to figure out what this is. So I started reading the Bible. And I got kind of into Christianity, but still, like, a lot of it didn't sit right with me. And I, I mean, I imagine a lot of people are like that, where you're like, this makes sense, but, or like, some of this shit makes sense, like, love each other, but, like, what is all this other shit? Like, right, right. You know what I mean? So I sort of went down that journey. And then I started listening to this pastor, and his name was Andrew Womack, and he told us it might be like one of the, the most influential stories that I ever heard in my life. And it was, it was like a real short story. He was talking about being at church one day and there was a dude there and he had a daughter that was in a wheelchair. She was like really young. And he was talking to the guy and the guy was like, yeah, you know, God wants her to be in a wheelchair and like stuff like that. And Andrew Walmack was like, wow, you must be the worst father ever. And, and the guy was like, excuse me? Like, 
fuck off you know what i'm saying like i would do anything to make my daughter like have the life of her dreams like be the happiest person i I'd take care of her i would do anything for my daughter and and he would andrew womack said so what makes you think that you love your daughter more than god loves your daughter and i was like oh shit like damn like I, this whole time i was like why would god do this to me because i was like dude i was i was like fuck you god like <laughs> you're a bitch yeah. like I was going, I was pissed, dude. I, I've always been sort of fired and I was super angry. And then when I heard that story, I was like, oh shit, like maybe there's something else to this because that actually logically makes sense. Like, oh, if I had a kid, I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Let, let me paralyze you to teach you a lesson. You know what right. I mean? That doesn't, that doesn't sit logically. I'm a pretty logical person, pretty rational person. And that just didn't sit with me. So the sort of thing on this journey of like, looking at different religions and getting into philosophy and looking at the occult and like getting into hypnosis stuff and all, all kinds of, all kinds of different directions, man. I, I went on a similar path, like just reading a lot of different books and um, just trying to figure out what this all is, man. Like, uh, cause I think f- for me, you know, you use your body your whole life. And then when all of a sudden it doesn't work, you start to question like what you even are, you know, I was like, what yeah. even, it is this. And so there are a lot of threads that I want to pull on. You know, what were some of the larger ideas initially? You know, you, you told that one story, but what were some of the other uh, initial stories that kind of stuck out to you that you were like, hmm, you know, this is interesting or I'm getting somewhere? I don't know if this, this isn't necessarily a story that I read or something, but I have this friend, Tommy. <laughs> he's kind of hood, but he's like real philosophical. And he was, we talk about weird shit all the time. And he was like, Hey man, you should look into Tai Chi breathing. I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't know what that is, but I'll order some books on it and check it out. And I ordered some, I think I ordered like five or six books on it. And when they came in the mail, I opened the box and there was a book in there that I did not remember ordering. And I do not even remember seeing ever. And I, I looked at it and I was like, what is this? So I read the back. And it's a book called The Biology of Belief. And I, I, I started like reading the back and I was like, whoa, this is like, this sounds crazy. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I put all these other books on the side. And I was like, all right, I'm going to check this out. And this is biologist. And he's talking about all these experiments that they've done where they've figured out like basically the placebo and the nocebo effect about how, how much your thoughts in a influence your you at the cellular level and somewhere in that book i think it's towards the end he starts talking about quantum physics so that sent me on like a little bit of a journey and i mean all this stuff was it's stuff they don't teach in school they definitely didn't teach it in school when i went to school i'm almost 40 now so you're learning about like energy frequencies and thought frequencies and all this stuff and uh, that sort that definitely sent me down a completely different rabbit hole of and it also made me realize all these parallels between what religious figures had like what we think of as like enlightened figures have said throughout history and like what science is actually showing now about how your thoughts influence reality and stuff like that so, I mean, that's that's definitely where it took me. That's that's probably the coolest thing I it, it it was so I should probably explain this. It was also very weird because 
from that book, I sort I started ordering a bunch of other books. And it was like, I've never happened to had this happen to me before or since then. I had sort of brief moments of it. But it was like every book that I read made me have a realization about something that the prior book said. And it would be like, I'd be reading a science book and it'd make me have a realization about something, the philosophy book that I read right before that. And it probably happened for like 10 or 15 books in a row where I was like, whoa, I just have these moments of like, oh shit. Like I hadn't, I wasn't even thinking about that when I read it in the other book and now it totally makes sense. Yeah. It's so weird, man. I I went through a similar thing as well. And it's like, it's even hard to articulate sometimes like what the commonalities are. Cause you know, I'll be talking to people and I'm like, bro, like, no, this is, you know, the same as this. And let me tell you. And then I start trying to explain it. I'm like, ah, you know, you get, you get like, I don't know. It's hard to put into words sometimes. Oh, it's super hard. Yeah. What about you? Like how the, how did you sort of get started down that journey? Man, um, I think the biggest thing was I started researching like what treatments and things were out there. And it was just kind of like, oh, you know, there's no treatment. There's no cure. There's no cure. And I was like, maybe cure is like the wrong word. I'm like, what if there are multiple things that I can combine that could help? And so that started, I think, me on this path of trying to connect like different ideas and stuff. And then once I got into that, Like I got really into like mechanisms in the body on the cellular level, what pathways have to be activated in order for nerve growth to occur. And so then from there, I got kind of frustrated because I'm like, damn, like this is going to take a lot of work, a lot of money, you know, something like that. Like I don't have these resources. And so then I got kind of, uh, I don't know, I had some despair, man. I was like depressed as fuck. And I started thinking about a book that was kind of influential to me before. And it was uh, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, once I started, you know, reading that again, uh, it took me to like the power of belief. And then it took me to like getting into uh, like Buddhism and stuff a little bit. And I started seeing a lot of those same themes, man. I'm like, maybe, you know, Buddha and Jesus and stuff like that were these normal dudes who, you know, went through this enlightenment and tried to tell people like, hey, like, we're actually all God. Like, you know, we're all God. And they're like, oh, no, you're God. And then you start worshiping these people. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, too, like, with specifically with Christianity, like, people don't realize that a lot of Christianity was the Romans being like, look, we got an issue on our hands right now. We better deal with this right now and take care of it. Or it's going to become something that we don't want it to become because we like going to war. We like taking over other countries, taking all their, over all their resources and shit. So we better figure out a way to, like, take the, over this peaceful movement and be like, hey, no, you, you got to kill those guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like and, and also, like, the Knights Templar, what they were, those guys were all over the world. Well, not all over the world, but, like, all over the Middle East talking to, to, in the trade routes, talking to different people from different areas. People don't know that before they got killed, they were trying to basically establish Portugal as a a religious state, but the religion was, like, a Buddhist version of Christianity where anyone was welcome, any color, any race, any religion, but it was like all about bringing everyone together. And then they all got killed. Damn dude. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting when you really get into that history and that context, because then it starts to, I think, and not to go like, you know, too left in terms of 
moving to today, but I think we experience a lot of those same things today. Like, you know, people trying to control the narrative and, you know, handle their, you know, problems. Um, and they really change uh, or try to influence the nature of reality through lies or, you know, misdirection, things like that. But I find that interesting, man. For sure. I mean, if you look at the things Jesus said and you look at the things that Buddha said and then you look at the things that uh, Lao Tzu said and Krishna said and Nanak said, who's, who's the founder of Sikhism, they're all basically saying like the same shit. And it's not, it's that we're all just one being. Like God is everything. You are an individualization of God, basically, is what they're saying. And I think that's why like you have things like the placebo effect is because your your thoughts are creating your own reality. You have the nocebo effect where people died when they, there's a, I heard this, this uh, I forgot where I heard it, but it was a story about this dude who had, uh, he was about to die from cancer. And there was some drug and the doctor was like, look, we don't really think this drug works, but your husband thinks it works, so we're going to give it to him. And they gave it to him. And this guy had a complete miraculous recovery. And then later on, he found out that the drug didn't actually work to treat cancer. And he ended up immediately getting his cancer back and dying. And it's like, dude, your thoughts are creating your reality. Like, if you think you're going to live, you're going to live. If you think you're going to die, you're going to die. And it's, I guess it depends on the the intensity of those thoughts, really. But it all lines up exactly with what quantum physics is saying about all the things that we think are solid aren't really solid. It's like, it's just one gigantic energy field that we're all just part of. And it, it makes sense, too, like, why Jesus could, like, walk on water. If water's not made out of anything except for the same thing dirt's made out of, which is the same thing your body's made out of, which is the same thing air's made out of, like, yeah, no shit. He's just doing the same thing everyone else is doing when they're walking on dirt. He just believes he can do it. Yeah, man. When it comes to, like, the whole concept of us being God or, you know, this whole thing, uh, I've heard it phrased as people are to God as a wave is to the ocean. Like, you're part of the larger thing you're all made up of the same thing but you wouldn't confuse a wave with the whole ocean just like you wouldn't confuse an individual person with god yeah yeah Yeah, man that's the that's the best way that i've heard it described yeah there's a lot of little things like that too there's a there's you're a grain of sand and god's the beach you're a drop of water and god's the ocean you're a beam of light and god is the sun there's a there's a bunch of different little ones and that's yeah that's it i like to look at it i thought of this the other day it's like if you were to look at the Amazon River from a satellite view, God would be like the entire river and you'd be like one of those little offshoots of the river. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to like quantum physics and stuff, uh, I read a book. It's uh, by Walter Russell. It's called The Secret of Light. And it's basically him trying to explain what source is and like that it's, you know, the one's still light, you know, and it's before um, energy is manifest, I guess. And you have like this dual principle of life where in order for a thing to exist, it's opposite needs to exist. And so in order for good to exist, evil needs to exist. And um, there are two parts of kind of the same thing. And you see that with like the concept of yin and yang. Uh, and you see that with I don't know, so many different themes 
throughout different religions and things. And I think that kind of, I don't know, made a lot of sense to me too. Cause it's like, we think that we're two different things that exist, but really it's one greater whole. And I think that that's, uh, if you look at fractals, it makes sense to me because it's just like ripples and waves of the same thing on different scales. So I think a lot of concepts apply universally that we don't think because they're just like echoes of different things. And you've alluded to it earlier when you're talking about the first law of thermodynamics. You know, I think these things work on different scales. Yeah, I actually, I have a, a theory that I thought of this. I like to eat edibles and I thought of this when I was on an <laughs> edible. The, a theory that what a fractal actually is, is a visual representation of the infinite realities that exist. So like when I think of God, I think of something that's infinite. And I don't mean like infinite, like just in, t- in time, because real infinity, real infinity would be all of time and all of space simultaneously. So like there would be you nodding your head exactly like that one minute behind how you're nodding your head right now. There would be you having this conversation, but you've got one gray hair or two gray hairs. So it's like when you look at a fractal, you zoom in and then there's just infinite more realities. And then you zoom in and there's infinite more realities and you zoom in, there's infinite more realities. That's sort of a little theory I have about fractals as being a visual representation of the infinite realities. But Yeah. So then do you believe in like the multiverse theory? Like there are multiple different universes that are all kind of slightly different? I do. Uh, yeah, I would say I do. I, I don't really have any arguments with it. I think it's. I think it's all just part of the bigger whole. Like I don't think any of it's actually real. Do you want to know like my theory on what I think is going on? Because like what do you think's happening, bro? I want to know because I I still don't know what the fuck's going down. So I think I think whatever God. I don't think God is like comprehensible to us as we are right at this moment. But I think whatever it was, whatever it is, it was one big thing. Like, uh, it was just oneness, basically. So I think we, God created us, not in God's image, like the Bible says, but in God's likeness, like God. And we were part of that oneness. And being part of that oneness, uh, we could also create shit. And one of the creations that we created was oh, let's see what it would be like to be separated from God. And I think that that's actually what this is. And I think there's like a lot of symbolism too. Like the the biggest one that I think is the biggest symbol is birth itself, right? So when you're in your mom's womb, you're with your creator. You're like inside your creator. You're one with it. Uh, you're taken care of. You don't have any worries in the world. Then all of a sudden you're separated from your creator. And you, you have to take care of yourself. You have to figure out what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. I mean, when you're a baby, not necessarily, but you, all of a sudden there's threats to you, like there's cold, there's heat. And that's what actually what I think duality is. I think God's oneness and the duality is something that we created to see what the separation would be. That's interesting. No, that's interesting, man. I, I really, uh, I could rock with that because... Um, one of these books I read, it's uh, Cosmic Consciousness, and I think the author was Richard Burke. And he talks about how interesting it is that um, a developing embryo essentially goes through all of the steps of development 
that had to take place in human evolution. And so like you go from this, you know, aqueous environment where you can't really distinguish color. It's mostly just, um, you know, black and red that you can kind of see tones uh, when you're, uh, what becomes your eyes start to develop and how, boom, then you're into the world and then your sound, there's all these different things. But um, it talks about how it's necessary for the human embryo to develop through all of these stages of evolution. And uh, I, I just find, I find the parallel that you drew interesting with duality because it, it is, man, I've never heard it put that way before. Like you are inside of your creator. That's wild. So a lot of that I got from this book, it's, it's, a, it's a trippy book. Like, I mean, the premise of it is kind of, it's hard to believe unless you can believe in something other than the way most people think it. The author basically tells the story of how he was meditating and he opened his eyes and there was these two people there and he didn't know them, but he wasn't uncomfortable with them. Like he was like, all right, whatever. And they basically started telling him like all these different sort of secrets of what reality is. And that's, that's probably one of the most influential books. It's called uh, The Disappearance of the Universe. Okay. Uh, Gary Renard. That's a good one. I also think like when Buddhists talk about the ego, I think the ego is a byproduct of that separation. So like the ego tells you, hey, I'm different from you. You know, like I'm special. Like, that's why Buddhists all shave their heads. They wear the same clothes because they're saying, hey, we're all one. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the ego tells you everything that says that you're not God. That's why it's a byproduct of the separation. It says, hey, you got to look out for that because that'll kill you. You're not God. That'll kill you. You really got to watch out for that. Or, hey, you got to be different than these other people. You have to be special so you can stand out because you're not all one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what I think the ego is is a, is a byproduct of the separation. I think that's what all of duality is. I think that's what all of all of this universe that we see is. It's just uh, it's two different things. You you look at dark and night. It's a separation. Uh, all all of that. It's just a, it's just a byproduct of the separation. That's what I think. That's a that's a great perspective because you know they're both part of the whole, and that's what makes it the whole. And I've always had. Uh, a weird time with the ego um, because you know one of my friends was like you know when you're talking to yourself who are you talking to and that's always fucked with me because it's like you know sometimes I can sit and observe my thoughts you know when I'm meditating and you know I'm sitting outside or you know I'm in deep thought and I'm really focused um, I can like watch my emotions go by I'm like yeah I'm sad but you know then I'm like who is it that's sad like who is it that feels this anger who is it that feels this anxiety um, and it, and it really trips me out, man. But uh, yeah, I've never heard it put like that before. I think that's really cool. Or also like, what is sadness and why am I sad about this? Like there, there's a story, I don't remember. What, <laughs> I wish I would have known I'd be talking to people about this shit when I first started researching it because I would have paid more attention to where I heard stuff. Yeah. But there's a story about this culture, this ancient culture in Japan that they would mourn when people were born and they would celebrate when people died. Mm-hmm. And all that is, it's the opposite of perspective of what we're thinking. So, so to them, when people were born, they were taken out of like, I, I think the energy bodies, I think all that is, I don't think any of that's real. I think the only thing that is real is oneness with God. So, but 
they would celebrate when you went back to your energy body because your energy body can't really be hurt or anything like that. And they would mourn when you came into this earth because they were like, oh, man, he's probably going to go through some shit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. suffering is part of the human experience. And so it's like a guarantee. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I look at it. I look at this as like, this is sort of something I thought about recently. So we look at time in a very limited perspective. Like, okay, say I have a, a long life. What am I going to be like? 90 or 100 years you know yep. but if you if you look at it from the perspective of say say like you're a spirit in another dimension and you're like oh shit i can't fucking die dude it's like you're looking at oh i have all of time and it's almost like if you go into a video game and you're you're playing the video game you're like god damn this this sucks i keep getting killed but every time you play the video game you learn something well, if you look at life, if you look at 80, 90, 100 years from the perspective of an infinite being that knows that it can't be hurt, it's like, a, all right, dude, I'm going to fucking I'm gonna go run this marathon. It's going to be kind of shitty, but I'm going to get some shit out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. And uh, Alan Watts is someone who I listen to a lot. He's you know, a philosopher, well, dude. Yeah, yeah. And... uh he talks about how like our perception is limited to our senses, you know, like we can only think from the perspective of a human being. And a lot of that thinking is, uh, involves us experiencing a sense-based reality. And so, you know, touch, uh, sound, smell, stuff like that. It's like God is past us being able to comprehend that. And I, you know, I think you're right in that. I don't, I don't know what God is. I don't, I don't know. But I think it's something that I wish people would talk about a little bit more because I, I grew up, man, I, I was, I went to a Jewish elementary school and I came uh, from a Christian family. And so I was always like, why are both people telling me that they're right? And that's the only way. And so it made me just question every religion. And so I think it was just kind of off-putting um, for a little while. It's like, ah, no, nah, I don't know if I believe in God at all because all these people are saying stuff that doesn't really match to me. Um, but as you know, I've gone through this experience and you know, I've explored more, um, I think there's definitely a creator. There's definitely a source. There's definitely something that kicked this all off and is keeping it going. Um, but I don't even know how to conceptualize it, you know? Yeah, I don't either. I remember being like real young, dude, probably like somewhere between nine and 12 or something like that and sitting in my room and being like, Wait, if if when I am asleep and I'm dreaming, if I think that's real, and I think this is real right now when I'm awake, how do I know this isn't also a dream? Right. So I was like, yeah, like, okay, that's kind of trippy. And then, yeah, man, it's. I'm sure you have you been you probably like questioned the nature of reality your whole life, right? Or like at least sort of. Like I wasn't really super into it when I was young, but I definitely had questions like eh, like why do people think like this why do people act like this why do people do these things but i don't know i'm sure you were probably that way too right yeah man uh, i was just always like I, I thought it was so interesting that people could live so differently because like where i came from man i came from um not the greatest neighborhood youngstown ohio and stuff and uh, my family was like look he's gonna have no chance if he can't go to a different school other than public school so they sent me to this jewish school and so um i saw two different ways of living. And I was like, what the hell? People are, 
you know, living this different. And then I get out and, you know, college, stuff like that. I saw, you know, different ways people could live. And I was always like, how is it that this is, you know, what I was born into? Why is it that I have this fight? So I think it was always kind of there in the background. Like, why is this the way that I have to live? Why, why couldn't I have been born somewhere else? And so I always tried to play that against, well, I guess I could have been born in, you know, a third world country and it could be worse. So I've always kind of questioned like why I think is, uh, what the basic thing was, you know? Or like, if God created us all, then we're all God's children, then why are some looked at better than others? Like, yeah, I, I have some kids in my life that I'm like, God damn, I love these kids, you know? Like, I, I would literally, like, if somebody was like, hey, if we're going to hurt these kids or we're going to torture you to death for like a week, I'd be like, thank me, bro. Like, yeah. Like, are you telling me that I love them more than god would love us you know like hey if we're all we're all god's kids then what makes one person more loved than the other person it's just it's it's a it's a weird i think a lot of religion is like just meant to control your minds like okay here's here's a good here's a good uh example of how that goes down is like okay so in the bible you have the the story of Jesus goes into the market. I've read the Bible super long ago, so I might get this a little bit wrong, but he goes to the market and you're supposed to think that this dude has been like, who's been like a complete pacifist, all of a sudden just goes into a rage and flips a table and shit like that. And he's like, oh, money's bad. You know, like, I don't know. I don't think that he did that at all. You know what I think that is? I think that was, people were smart back then. Just as, they might not have the same knowledge we have now, but they definitely had the intelligence. And I think that the people that put the Bible together knew how, like, your thoughts affect your reality. Because they were all, the, the Egyptians, the Romans, they were all into, like, the occult shit and, like, how, how your mind affects your reality. And if you think about it, you tell people, hey, this tool, because that's all money really is, this tool is evil. So what are people going to think about money subconsciously? It's like, oh, I can't have too much money because that's bad. You know what I mean? Like. What do you have when you have money? You have power. You have freedom. So the Romans were like, no, put this part in the Bible about, oh, Jesus Jesus was a cool guy, but also he was just super bad about money. He just hated money because money's evil. No, dude, they were, they were like, no, we just want people to think money's evil so that we have more money for ourselves, basically. Yeah, man. And that, that was the thing that I had to come to terms with too, getting older, because I, I didn't come from much money. And so um, I had to really shape or reshape my view on it. And I think given a lot of money, you can do a lot of good. You can save a lot of people. You can help a lot of kids. You can feed a lot of hungry people, you know? So yeah, I think, I think you're right, man. It's just a tool. Um, I'm curious about leaves. Are leaves bad? Right. Yeah. It's all just stuff. Like it's all fake anyway. It's all, I don't know. Give me a dollar bill from the Roman times. Where is it? You know, show me a coin. There aren't too many of them around, you know? Exactly, exactly. You, uh, I don't know if you talk about this. You edit your podcast anyway, so. <laughs> do you fuck with, like, edibles at all or anything? Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, I definitely do. And uh, I've, I've been a, a little bit of a psychonaut. I've explored, you know what I mean? Um, done some anything, mushrooms. Have you got anything, like, real useful out of edibles? Uh, I think for me, it chills my anxiety a lot and gives me space to think a little bit more. Um, and so I, back in the day, like, you know, when I 
before I got hurt and stuff, I used it when I was working out. I would like to eat an edible before I went and worked out because yeah. I felt like it gave me a, a much better mind-muscle connection. Gotcha. And I think that I've actually been able to kind of tap into that on the back end of this energy, or sorry, this injury. <laughs> um, I, I kind of feel like some of that exists still. Like I've, I have a, I call it an intimate relationship with my nervous system, you know? Cause I feel like I was able to feel um, when I was working out and stuff a little bit better. And now uh, hopefully some of those neural pathways are still there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, so you have movement like below the level of your injury, right? Nah, man, not really. I get like spasms and stuff, you know, but no voluntary movement. my left hand, it's just starting to work a little bit. I wasn't able to move it at all when I first got hurt, but my fingers still stay kind of closed. I can sort of wiggle my thumb, my thumb and my finger a little bit, but... Yeah, dude, and that damn pointer finger just won't even... It stays pointed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why are you always pointing at me, bro? Right, right. <laughs> I'm curious, man, uh, about your view on the nature of good versus evil. And it's like, um, so we talked about perception from the level of a human being. And if, you know, you believe that all is God and perhaps all is perfect, then I'm curious how you feel about good and evil. Like, is it just a human concept or, or what is it? Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is a human concept. I sort of went through this recently. I was just talking to you about edibles. This is one of the things I sort of explored on edibles is, uh, I was thinking about, like, what did I read? Something about, okay, if, if, you, if you create your own reality, then, like, what is it when, is, is, is another person not to blame? Like, say, if somebody comes up and, like, stabs you or something like that, you know? Yeah. And I was, I was, I was sort of, like, going over that in my head. Like, how the fuck, if, if, if you're creating your own reality, and no one, everyone's sinless, because that's what Jesus said. And I believe that I actually do believe that. I don't think that, I don't think that there is, I don't think that anyone has ever done anything to anyone else. And, and let me break that down because it's, it took me a real concentrated effort to figure out how I could justify that. So, okay, so if we're all just, energy right we think our bodies are solid our bodies aren't solid we're creating our own reality if there are infinite realities in your choosing your reality are you not choosing the reality where someone does something fucked up to you like you could choose to be in a different reality and there's this uh this channel usually i would think that like someone that says they hear voices and shit like that is full of shit. Uh, I've seen people that are like, oh, you know, they, some being talks to me. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but this lady, I was talking to you about edibles a minute ago. I started, when I started getting into like manifesting shit or like trying to manifest shit and stuff like that, I, was t- I would take edibles and I would not necessarily turn off my TV, but I would basically concentrate like, 90% of my energy to like manifesting sorry about that manifesting is separate like oh what would it be like to be in this reality and I realized like 
I could, I could like shift. It was, it was like tuning a radio where I could completely change the frequency that my mind was operating on. And so there's this lady, she's a channel and her name's Esther Hicks. And after, after I started doing this, I came across this lady and she's talking about like, uh, changing your frequency and shit. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I totally know what this chick's talking about because that's exactly what I was doing when I was high as fuck the other night. I was like, <laughs> I was like in my mind, I was a completely different person, like living a completely different reality. And she talks, I, I sort of forgot where I was going with this, but yeah, she talks about getting into your different frequencies. And like, I heard her talking about, she basically explained that exact thing. That this, it was sort of like a few days that I was, I was really just thinking about like, how are other people's actions affect or like how do how do you justify other people's actions there was a part of this book that i read that came up and it was talking about that and then at that same time she was a uh, she she told this story about no if someone punches you in the face is because something about your consciousness decided to be there at that time instead of being in a different reality where you don't get punched in the face and i was like oh oh shit like that actually does make sense. If we're all God, we're all creating our own reality, then you're really just putting yourself into that space, which goes back to the, you're 100% reality, or you're 100% responsible for 100% of your life. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a tough message for people to hear, man. Um, especially in a world where, like, I feel like there's a lot of victim mentality in the world, you know? And people want to blame others for their problems. Uh, and just absolve themselves of like any responsibility. And it's kind of tough. Like, I think people say they want freedom. They say they want ultimate responsibility. But if you tell them that, hey, yeah, the good and the bad, everything that happens in your life is on you, they don't want to believe it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what you go to. You can see, like, you can see right now, like, people's egos going insane. <laughs> It's like, it's like everyone's trying to like look more and more and more different to like be, be, uh, look, I'm not the same as you. I'm different. I'm special. You know, you can see like the, 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 the ego loves to be special and it loves to show you that you're in danger. So especially loves like special danger. Like, no, like I'm special. This is why this is a problem for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like a double. It's like a double hit of ego. It's like, oh, yeah, stack them up. Keep stacking them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. I I mean, I've had some crazy experiences, um, like deja vu type experiences that really, you know, when I I reflect back on them, I'm like, there's something to this, like, thought thing. So uh, one time me and my buddies were going to a music festival and it was in Chicago and it was a big festival and there's an artist named Cascade that we all like that was going to be there. And I was like, I don't know, man, we're going to meet Cascade. And they're like, ah, yeah, fuck, whatever. That'd be tight. Right. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like we're going to meet Cascade. And like, I just had this feeling. I like kept saying it. And uh, we were walking down the street, like we're about to head to the venue and we're kind of walking by this hotel. and. out of the door, it's just me and my three other friends out of the fucking door, right to the left of us, opens up, and it's fucking none other 
than Cascade. And it's like his camera crew and like you know his friends and they're walking like this back way out of the Hard Rock uh, Hotel in Chicago. And I fucking just freeze and everyone like keeps walking and I'm like, guys, like, do you not realize that actually was Cascade? And so uh, my buddy Robin, she runs back and uh, I think his real name is Ryan. And so she like ran up and she like said his real name. And he's like, what? Like, how'd you know my name? And so uh, we ended up getting a picture with him. And that was one of the times that I was like, yo, this is weird. Like, there's something to this, you know, thought slash reality thing, because that's such a freak thing. There's no, that's not a coincidence, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you look at people like, if you look back through history, all the most successful, the pharaohs, like the successful Vikings, what are the, every, everyone considers them gods. You know what I'm saying? Because they were creating your own reality. You look today, you look at like a dude like Conor McGregor, right? He's like, I'm the best fucking fighter in the world. Yeah, he's the best fucking fighter in the world because he believes he's the best fucking fighter in the world and he believes it stronger than anyone in the world believes it. Yeah. You look at LeBron. LeBron's probably been told his entire life, like, dude, you're so fucking sick at basketball. Like, and he's like, fuck yeah, I'm the best fucking basketball player in the world. You know? What happens? He turns out to be the best basketball player in the world. So it's like, it's like the stronger you can, the stronger you can believe something in the in the greater the energy you can back that up with and i I, have, I think that a lot of it a lot of the research that i've done talks about like the feeling of it like the feeling of it is what brings it to you like from your heart there's a this dude greg brayden and he talks about um i think he says it's chinese but their word for i think is mind their word for mind is like is both the mind and the heart so basically, like, it's the feeling that comes from your heart and the thoughts that come from your mind, basically, is what creates shit for you. And they've been doing, like, a lot of work about uh, measuring energy fields from your heart and, like, the how many neurons can... It, I think there's more neurons that go from your heart to your brain than there is from your brain to your heart. I could be a little off about that, but I'm pretty sure I read something about that. and it's 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 almost like when you're creating your reality your your actual thoughts are what tells it and then the feeling is what brings it is what i think that's interesting to me cuz uh there's a book called uh, the power of your subconscious mind by uh joseph campbell i think is the guy's name and he talks about living uh as if the wish is fulfilled and he mentions doing it, you know, in the morning, like when you first wake up or right before you go to bed, uh, apparently is are your most impressionable times. And, you know, when you're most suggestible because you don't have, uh, you know, your prefrontal cortex, like thinking and blocking messages to your subconscious with logic. And so, uh, yeah, it's something about being in the feeling as if it already happened that I guess helps create. And so... I think there's something to that, man. That's what I was, I sent you that message on Instagram that one time about uh, the sort of car dealership analogy that I said. Do you remember yeah, that? and you all of a sudden start seeing the cars. Yeah, yeah. So I, I took an edible one night and I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to fuck with these frequencies like I was doing before. Sorry, that keeps going off. I can't turn it off. Oh, you, you're good. I was like, all right, I'm gonna start messing with these energy frequencies. And, uh, I was like, all right, so let's imagine you want a car. 
and you go into a car a car dealership like right now i don't have the money to buy like a lambo so if i went to a lambo dealer i'd be like i'd go in there and i could pretend like oh yeah i'm rich dude let me drive this car but in my mind i wouldn't feel like oh i'm really gonna i feel like i was faking it but there's a, a place where you can get to where you're like okay imagine you're elon musk or something how would elon musk go into a, a lamborghini dealership he'd go in there like I, I can buy every car here. I know I can buy every car here. I'm confident that I could buy every car here. And there's a difference. There's, there's a slight difference between feeling like you're in that state because you want that thing. Like feeling like you have a billion dollars because you want a billion dollars. And there's a difference between that and feeling like you have a billion dollars because God flows through you and you know it's already yours. It's, does that make sense? It does, man. It's like, I think about it as like reinforcement. So it's like, if you come from the place of want, you're still coming from the place of desire. And so you're reinforcing that feeling versus the feeling of actually having it, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. yeah, what you're talking about. So it's, it's a subtle nuance, but I think most people do the first and therefore block their blessings because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they're coming from that place of lack still. They're coming from the, the desire, the want, instead of coming from the place of, you know, thank you for giving me these riches and this abundance, you know? I, I 100% agree because I've, I've seen the differences in my thinking where like, when I go to like, oh, this is already mine or like, oh, this is already mine, but it's already mine because like, I really want it. And so I'm going to act like it's already mine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very subtle. You kind of have to, you kind of have to catch it on your own, but there's definitely a difference there. Oh, also, so what I wanted to talk, something that I did want to talk to you about is like, uh, so I was looking so I've done a lot of uh, research on like how your subconscious works and shit like that, right? Yeah. And you had this post the other day and I was like, God damn, I want to talk to him about this. I don't know if I want to talk to him about it because, but I think, it, I honestly think like it could help you subconsciously. So there's the post where you went on like the, the hike, right? Yeah. And in, in your pictures, there's a picture of you and you're next to a sign and it's like, this is the disabled trail, right? And I was like, God damn. So the way your, uh, I guess your ego works, your identity works, you create, you can create an identity. I feel like the more you identify with stuff. So like if you weren't paralyzed, right? So you don't want to be paralyzed, obviously. Yeah. If you were already in a state of not being paralyzed, that sign, like you'd have been like, oh, I'm just done mean nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? But it was almost like, kind of like this is part of my identity so i'm gonna take a picture i'm not trying to i'm not trying to rag on you i'm just trying to like that that's what i personally do is like i try to identify as little with anything to do with the injury i don't even call it my injury i call it the injury just to like make it as separate from my identity and my consciousness as possible bro that's uh that's a good point man because uh, interestingly enough, and, and it might sound fucked up, but I don't really try to associate with too many like people in wheelchairs because, yeah, 
it's just it's just like I, I don't know it's just a thing it's like I'm gonna continue to hang out with my friends and the people that I, I normally talk to because I don't want it to be like oh I have this new life where I'm like now like a wheelchair person and so I can only hang out with wheelchair people and all this stuff but yeah you're right man it's like it's those subtle things where you accept it as part of your identity um I've even been trying so uh this guy Joseph Campbell talks about uh revising your memories and he's like you know if you go back and you go to experiences that you've had before and you act as if it went a different way then you can you know sometimes change the course of your being because then you start to believe that oh yeah maybe I didn't get hurt you know maybe it was just a you know kind of a minor incident that occurred and now my body is uh conspiring to make that my new reality yeah 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 and it's Two, it's like your ego, I feel like your ego, it's not a bad thing. I think it just wants to, it thinks you're in danger and it wants to protect you. It wants to, it wants to do what it can to make your life as least dangerous as possible. And it also gets into like these patterns of like, this is who I am. So I live in. Uh, outside of Sacramento, and there's this guy in a wheelchair. I don't know if he still does this. I think they might have made it so he couldn't do it anymore. But he was an attorney, and he would literally just go around to every business he could find that wasn't wheelchair accessible, like old ass buildings that take like 50 grand to renovate to make them wheelchair accessible. He'd go around to every building he could find and, and he'd sue the people. And he made that's he made that part of his identity like why would it why would you ever not be in a wheelchair if that's how you're making your entire living is off look i'm paralyzed i'm special i'm gonna make money off of this like good for me you know what i'm saying it's yeah it's like, you can't i don't think you can fix the problem if you make the problem part of you i agree because you're accepting it as real and accepting it as a constant when you continue to acknowledge it. And it becomes helpful to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so why would you want to get rid of it if it's, you know, aiding you? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't ever, I mean, I told you about the story only at the beginning of this podcast just because it's like a sort of necessary thing, but I don't ever talk about being in a wheelchair, like use it as an excuse or like, use it to get anything. I mean, my sister raised some money for me to go get stem cell. And I guess I sort of used it for that, but that was more her idea than anything. But also uh, anytime I talk about it as little as humanly possible, to be honest. Yeah, man. Um, I don't really like talking about it either. And, you know, unfortunately I'm still going through a, a phase where there are people that haven't seen me yet, like since I've gotten injured. And so, um, you know, I had to go, uh, one of my buddies just died. And, you know, we showed up at his celebration of life and um, it's just weird, man. Like people see you and like you get all kind of different faces. You know, some people are real happy. Some people are like, oh, shit. Some people start crying. Like, yeah, it's weird, man. So uh, <laughs> once I get through that shit, I'm hoping it gets a little easier to to not identify. But it's almost like people come up to me and like, shit, man, I don't even know what to say to you. And I'm like. Just say fucking hi, bro. Like, just say what up. Like a normal person, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. They tried to get me to, like, go to um, 
like therapy and like these groups and shit with all these other people. I was like, dude, like if they want to do that, go for it. But I mean, I'm tr- I'm trying not to be paralyzed. You know, what I'm saying like man, I might have been, I might be working on it for a real long time because I've been working on it for a real long time. But also, like from where I started at to where I am now, and like my mind and my consciousness is like way different person it's it's uh, back then i was i had a real bad temper now like you you, you didn't have to try to get me mad you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and even then i might be mad for like five minutes and then i'm like yeah because I, I realized too like that's another thing edibles did for me is like i realized like everything is everything that has to do with your mind is your choice like for example, there's people that can read like the Bible or the Quran or whatever, and they all they get out of it is like the loving shit. You know what I'm saying? Like treat treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated. You know, love everyone. And then there's people that are like, you know, like you got those Westboro people. I don't even want to say their whole name. They're <laughs> picking them with the sign that all they see in the Bible is hate. And, and so, like, you're choosing either to see the loving part of the Bible or the hate, hateful part of the Bible. And and even the people that are like, you know, I don't know what to think because it says this thing, but then it also says this. All They're making a choice, too. All they're doing is making a choice not to trust themselves enough to be like, you know what? I I get, I get that this is a good thing. I get this. This is probably not a good thing. I get that this is the way. I should treat people. This is the way I probably should not treat people. Everything's a choice. If you get mad, you could be like, it, it, this took me a while to do this, but I would get mad as fuck. And then I'd be like, all right, let it go. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm so fucking mad. And then I'd be like, all right, let it go. And then I, I, it just takes repetition and practice. And then I have this show that I watch. Uh, I don't know if you watch it. Probably my favorite show. It's called Peaky Blinders. And it's like the most unenlightened show. <laughs> like it's about a gang of gypsies in the early 1900s that basically just murder people all the time. But the main, I've gotten a lot of stuff out of it, oddly enough. And there's a scene where the main character, he's like, I'm the most simple man in the world. I only do what I want to do. And I, I, I ate an edible one night and I was thinking about that scene. And I was like, damn, you could apply that to like, I'm the most simple man in the world. I only think what I want to think. And then every time a thought comes up in your mind that you don't want to think, you're like, I'm going to let it go. Or every time an emotion comes up where you're like, ah, oh, I'm super sad about this. You just got to be like, and th- this is the emotional one is a harder one to do, but you just got to be like, all right, I'm going to let it go. And then when it pops back up, you're like, all right, I'm going to let it go. It's almost like a form of conscious meditation. It's like, just if, if, if I don't want to have this thought, I'm not going to have this thought. And if it wants to keep coming back up, I'm going to keep telling it to go away. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I think that kind of goes along with the belief thing too. It's like finding a mantra that works for you that can kind of help you uh, in that process. Um, Shit, I think edibles help too, man. Like it's it's a great uh, uh, aid and I wish that more people would be open-minded to them. Um, Yeah, I I feel like they're perfect. I've done a lot of different psychedelics and they're like the perfect to me at least people definitely not everyone should fuck, fuck with edibles or psychedelics <laughs> or shit like that i know people that have taken them where 
They didn't have any sort of enlightening experience, any sort of, and I've had a lot of real fucking miserable experiences on myself where I was like, oh, I don't know if I <laughs> want to do this again, but um, I feel like they're the perfect balance of like, it's not DMT where it takes you in a completely different dimension. It's not like mushrooms where you get fixated on all the shit you see moving around. It's like the perfect balance of, all right, this is my consciousness. This is me being right outside of where I usually am with my consciousness. And it's like, you could sort of fuck with that more than you do when you're tripping balls, like trying to figure out why the posters on your wall are melting into each other. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's way more subtle. And I think therefore more controllable, um, especially if someone hasn't had much experience, man. Cause uh, I, I was in college, bro. We did acid one time and, um, you know, those posters, they're, they're super popular. It's like a picture of a person that's made up of a bunch of small pictures of a person. Yeah. My yeah. homie had one of those on his door and it was Bob Marley. And uh, we're sitting there, man. And I remember all the pictures zoomed out at me and started like flapping at the bottom, like post-it notes. And I like kind of wiped my eyes. I was like, what the fuck? And then like zoomed back and then Bob Marley hit the J. And I was like, all right, man, this is wild. Like, I, I don't know. That was, that was the strongest acid I've ever had. Yeah, I've had some. I've had some crazy trips too, man. I, I took back. So back in the day, and I don't say this to be nostalgic. I say this because like everyone that I know that fucked with ecstasy back in the day says it was way stronger than like Molly or what. I've never taken Molly personally, so I don't know. But they're also the same type of people who be like, weed now is way fucking better than it was. (laughs) So I tend to. I tend to believe them when they say like ecstasy back then was way stronger than it is now because it had a lot of other shit in it. But I was at a Halloween party one time and I took three hits of ecstasy and I took three tabs of acid. And I was, I swear to God, I could see this lady's soul through her body. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, like this is fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> It was wild for sure. That's dope, man. We'll yeah. have to uh, we'll have to share some party stories, bro. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. I had, a, I had a good run, dude. I'm sure you probably did too. Yeah, shit, man. Um, we're getting pretty close to the hour, and uh, you know, I know you've done a lot of mental work. I know you've done uh, a lot of self reflection and things like that, man. Um, if you had the ears and eyes and attention of everybody in the world. And you could deliver a message. What message would you deliver to the people? I mean, I would probably just say, don't get wrapped up in the bullshit, man. It's like, I I used to do this thing where every day I'd be like, you know what? I'm tired of being pissed off about shit. And every morning I would get on Reddit and I would see all these posts. The first thing I would do in the morning was get pissed off about shit. And I'm like, why do I keep doing this, dude? I was getting wrapped up in the bullshit and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop fucking around on all these websites. I don't, I don't really do all that much on social media anymore. Uh, So don't get wrapped up in the bullshit. Just treat people the way you would want to be treated. You know what I'm saying? Like just be nice to each other and love each other and shit. Be cool. If somebody needs something, you you can help them, help them out. Amen. Hey, I I think so. I think so, man. Uh, I certainly am glad that the internet brought us together, bro. Um, so I'm glad you were on Reddit that day and felt compelled to make that post. And I felt, you know, 
I think it's magic. Like, I feel I feel glad that I was compelled to answer it. And yeah, 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 dude. So. This was a cool conversation for sure. You're a cool dude. Hell yeah, man. Likewise. We'll have to uh, get on here and chop it up again, man. Thank you.